This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room. Change the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this roundtable discussion post-regular season of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And for this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we, of course, have a roundtable discussion with the guys from pantherparkway.com, where we discuss the season as a whole and the upcoming playoff series between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning, the first ever battle of Florida. So let's go around the table to introduce ourselves. Who wants to go first? I'll choose somebody. Let's start with Joey. What's going on, everybody? This is uh, Joey Ganzi from the Hockey Writers, a former writer over at Panther Parkway. Um, I'm happy to be here tonight. I have a lot in store for you guys to talk about. I'm very excited for what's going to happen next week. Um, let's get to business. All right. My name is Josh Licht, and with me, as always, is my good friend and yours, Frank Rikus. <laughs> Yes. That's what we Good evening, everybody. Show. Frank Rikus. <laughs> uh, That's Jacob true. Here. Evening, everybody, uh, or morning, whenever it is, uh, you're listening to it. Uh, Frank Rikus here, owner-operator of Panther Parkway. I am uh, very excited to be here. And uh, there'll be an article for me coming out that will be posted on Wednesday, my first writing piece in uh, quite some time. So looking forward to uh, the postseason. Jake? Yep, sorry to cut you off there. You shouldn't cut off the boss, but um, <laughs> uh, J- Jacob Winantier of Panther Parkway and also with the Panther Parkway podcast. Another uh, <laughs> Yeah, like, that just got me my pink slip. This is the last you'll be hearing from me, guys. <laughs> and Nick. Good evening, everybody. Excited to be here. Uh, another writer for Panther Parkway. And uh, let's go, boys. <laughs> It's, it's an exciting time, everybody. Let's go! We, I couldn't be any happier to have this kind of season for the Florida Panthers based on. And let's talk about first, what were our expectations before the season and the results based on our preseason expectations? Who wants to go first on this one? I think Frank's having dinner over there, but I'll go first. Um, I think uh, the answer to your question is there was no expectations, you know, coming out of the playoff bubble and just getting, for lack of a better term, absolutely humiliated um, in the bubble. I think uh, losing Mike Hoffman and getting off um, mixed in with everything else that the Panthers did I think the expectations were incredibly low, right? Like, man, it would be super cool. And then, and then you look at the central division and you're like, man, okay, 
at the beginning of the season, Tampa's number one, right? They just won the cup. And then you go, you know, okay, uh, well, Carolina's pretty good. They're going to be in that mix. And then you start thinking, well, Nashville's a pretty good team. They're going to be in that mix. Then you start looking, you go, oh, I don't know. I mean, we probably are better than Chicago and Detroit, but it's going to be pretty tight to try to get into uh, that playoff series. But, you know, it's it's happened. And, and so if anybody tells you at the beginning of the season that they thought the Panthers were going to finish second in the Central and have home ice advantage on the Lightning and score the kind of goals they've scored and do the, done the kind of things they did, they're lying to you. Like, they're just a liar. They're a straight-up liar. Because nobody thought that there was no expectations at the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, I found this in life when there is low expectations, you are never disappointed, right? It's like walking into a movie you've never seen the trailer for. It's the best way to do it. And I think it's the same thing that happened this season with the Panthers. Everybody walked in going, well, this is not going to be the year. And uh, I guess we were wrong. Yeah, to touch in on that point with uh, Josh, I, I, like I said, I pretty much went into the season with low expectations. I think it was going to be just – to me, it was going to be a year where we we were just, like, in that contention, but probably, like, the last two or three months, we were just going to fall flat on our faces. I didn't see us beating Tampa. I didn't see us beating Carolina at all. I didn't see us beating Dallas at all. And, lo and behold – we're here at the end of the season, second seed in the entire Central, probably the top five, maybe even top ten in the league. Um, what Bill Zito has done for this team is just nothing short of remarkable. With the pieces he's brought in and even the head coach in Joel Quenneville, what he's done to this team, he's had his players buy into his plan, and I think this team is ready for some playoff hockey. I don't know about a deep run quite just yet, but you know what? It's a great, great sign of things to come. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of their points there. Um, Josh really said it best. The, the expectation, I don't think there really was any. Uh, we kind of talked about it in the episode that went up today, uh, Armando, um, last night. Just so many unknowns. There were so many unknowns with this team. Um, it's Bill Zito's first year as GM, and I think everyone kind of expected it was going to be it was going to be a bit of a process for him and, and trying to build the roster he wanted. But uh, just the the names that he's brought in weren't necessarily huge names. There are a lot of guys that are here trying to prove themselves after after maybe difficult uh, stretches at their last stop, and it's just come together with with great chemistry, uh, great great hockey. The the young players or our our core that is not really so young anymore is kind of stepping into a leadership role, and. Yeah, I think they've exceeded all expectations. I thought they would hover around the four spot in the division and, and maybe squeak into the playoffs and uh, get bounced in the first round. Um, but no, they, this, this is a legitimate team. They're a real contender. And, and I, think they, I think they can make a deep run with this group. The, the expectations, were there really were none. And so many guys have, over, have outperformed the value they were expected to have. So I, I'm, I've been very impressed. You know, and I left out Jacob too. Dallas, Dallas is in this division. Who was in the Cup final exactly. last season? So it's exactly. I think you're right, though, Jake. I mean, it's one of those things where, um, when the Panthers started winning, I think every Panther fan kind of was like, "Well, we know this song, right? Like, we know how this song goes. We win for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, it comes crashing down." And, and I think the cool part about this season is. Uh, every time you're like, whoop, there it is, two-game streak, you know, of losing against Chicago. Oh, there it is. There it is. Well, it hasn't come yet. And uh, 
I can tell you there was some pretty fired up Panther fans in the building last night uh, as we were walking out, leading the uh, Tampa sucks cheer and uh, <laughs> yeah, hey, goodbye. <laughs> Um, I might have started a couple of those. It was awesome. So um, it was a really good time. And uh, I think people are starting to believe. I mean, they had a sellout the last uh, two nights. I mean, back to back. Yeah. yeah COVID sellout or whatever. But man, I mean, there's there's an energy. And that's the thing with South Florida sports. Right. When you when you're winning, the people are in, you know, they want to be there. So did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Know what my favorite flavor is? Is the peanut butter brownie. If you've tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carb. A couple of other flavors have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, and just five grams of sugar, and five grams of net carb. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 50% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport i'll be hosting rooms for locked on panthers during the playoffs and you can finally join in on the conversation you listen on here every day locker room is the perfect place to join or start conversations about the nhl you'll find fans like you on locker room to for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and of course reacting to big news or rumors You'll find a chance to chat with me and might even have a chance to be featured on the Lockdown Panthers podcast through our locker room conversations. Be sure to join me during the playoffs as I'll be hosting a room during the Panthers playoff run. Go download the free locker room app now, currently on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Florida Panthers. See you there. Locker room. Change it away. We talk sports. And let's talk about let's talk about how this season started to begin with. They started 6-0-0, a hot start. I believe one of their best starts in franchise history. And their first loss didn't First regulation loss, excuse me, didn't come until Super Bowl Sunday against the Detroit Red Wings. And this was at when they were starting off hot, we there's times where like Josh pointed it out, is like, okay, is this legit? Are they just gonna fall off? Or what what's it gonna be? South Florida had a little bit of that 
in the baseball realm just last season with the Marlins having such a hot start. They fell off, but and then they ended up being mediocre. But with the Florida Panthers, that foot kept just on the gas pedal the whole time and only no more than a three-game winning streak that I'm looking at and th- this whole season. So there hasn't been any huge woes this whole season. So let's talk about let's talk about also the trade deadline. We talked about it on our last um, roundtable discussion about Sam Bennett, Brandon Montour coming into the mix. And here's a thing, here's a stat by, for Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett has the most points by a Florida Panthers player through 10 games, his first 10 games as a Florida Panther. Anyone want to know who he passed on that list? Pavel, Pavel Beret. Yep, you guys got it right. So it was Pavel Beret in the or in who was a Panther from '99 to '02. So that that is something that quick check. Uh, who was alive in '99? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jacob. I feel old. Not me. <laughs> I was three years old. I was. Oh, I was six. So Frank was sixty-two. <laughs> <laughs> so and the third severance package is being sent out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's th- th- think about this. Like the, the the acquisitions have been great for for this team, and there's even discussions by David Dork shared a tweet that. The Florida Panthers are interested in bringing Brandon Montour back, even though he is a UFA, while the likes of Bennett and Duclair are and Forsling are RFAs. What do you what do you guys think of the post trade deadline? We talked about the trade deadline at the time that it happened, but what about the results after? What do you guys think? Hey Armando. Um, so number one, can we give away any more second round picks for Sam Bennett? Like, I mean, really? Like, do we have any more that we can give away? I hear he sucks. Um, yeah. I, for well, sure. Nick, I I would expect we probably have a couple more that we could give away. Okay. So expected second rounders in the future. I got you. <laughs> so um, no, Sam Bennett has been nothing but uh, fantastic. I, I really think he's filled in that second line role that we've definitely needed. This team is needed because let's face it, Wenberg, um, while he's been playing well as of late, he didn't really fill that second line role or second center role that we needed. And then um, Mr. Montour, oh, man, I think, uh, I think he really got me with that fat Pat comment uh, yes. the other night. So um, I think they, I think Zito's like, we got to sign this guy. So both have been great. Um, I do expect Montour to play a bigger part, uh, with the team or special teams, uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, if he can prove it, then uh, I would not mind, uh, getting him on a good contract. You know, a lot of times trade deadline deals don't make such a huge impact with teams. And it's, it's, I think it's really rare. You look back in the history since the trade deadline began and most of the deals don't make a huge difference in a team, but it's like these two deals elevated the Panthers from where they already were. And Bennett has made such a huge impact that whether you call it uh, needed a change of scenery, uh, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to frame it, he's made a tremendous impact. And man, the energy that he brings, the two-way hockey he plays, I think that's probably one of the best deals 
that uh, Bill Zito has made, and I would trade two more second-round picks for him. Hey, I heard something really interesting today. I was um, listening to the the Steve Dangle podcast, and uh, they were talking about Sam Bennett, and I thought it was really interesting that according to uh, noted Maple Leaf insider Steve Dangle, the Toronto Maple Leafs were heavily in on Sam Bennett and struggling because the package that Calgary was looking for was equivalent or more than what they were going to end up giving up for Nick Felino. And I mean, we know Nick Felino ended up being a first, you know, first round pick and some other stuff. And so it was interesting that Dangle's point on his podcast was that he felt like the Leafs just decided that they were, they liked Nick Felino better than Sam Bennett. And they pulled the trigger on that deal, but they still did the side deal with David Riddick to go to Toronto. Um, but that Calgary was holding out, which actually, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense because the Sam Bennett deal was a very late deadline move. I mean, it was within the last 30 minutes or so, I think, before the deadline hit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. I, think, I think Calgary was holding out. I think Calgary thought they were going to get a first and maybe some other pieces um, for Sam Bennett. So the fact that we did end up giving two second round picks um, actually makes the deal look a little bit better if you think that the ask was a first. But secondly, uh, it tells us that the Toronto Maple Leafs, another team that's um, very well heralded for their analytical approach to evaluating talent, coveted the guy we got. I think that's always good to know that other teams wanted the guy that you ended up with. Yeah, and you know, Armando, I wanted to, uh, on your point about the uh, the additions, um, we also we also bring in Nikita Gusev, and I think uh, he, he's been a little bit of a, a disappointment to a lot of fans. But I think he he kind of filled his role helping out with Verhage out. Now we have Verhage back. He's he's a little bit expendable. But with the exception of him, uh, the news that that Bennett, um, well, we know he's an RFA, and I don't see him going anywhere. And then now Montour expected back, uh, hopefully long term. It's rare, like Frank said, when you get uh, trade deadline additions that are immediate uh, impacts and, and, and difference makers, but it's even more rare when you get trade deadline additions that you then keep long-term, not just as rentals. And the Panthers may have found two guys in, in Bennett and Montour that are going to fit into this core long-term. Uh, Bennett has been fantastic. He's been, I'll say he's been the best second-line center we've had since Trocek's breakout year, uh, his 75-point season a few years back. And um, we, we've really been missing that that two-way hockey from the center position uh, in, on the second line. And also it kills two birds with one stone because uh, Wenberg, since he's gone down to the third line, has played fantastic hockey. And now you have you have real center depth with three legitimate centers on the roster. Um, and I, I really hope that we can make this make this a deep playoff run because uh, not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if if we get far enough where Ekblad can suit back up and, and play. You have a top four of, of Uyghur, Ekblad, Forsling, and Montour. And whether we see that top four this this offseason or this this postseason or whether we see that opening opening night next season, that is a very, very good, legitimate contending top four. And um, yeah, it, it's just just brilliant moves by Zito at the deadline. And he was he was given a lot of a lot of negative attention for those, maybe overpaying, but I think we can I think we can all agree uh, if anything, it was an underpay looking back on it. Yeah, and for for this, this season, the it, it matters what you do at the deadline, and sometimes 
Sometimes those those deadlines can move the needle. Sometimes they just fall flat on their faces for for certain teams that grab, that make these trades. And I want to I want to ask you guys, who is who is your mo- the player that you guys are most excited to see this postseason? Sam Bennett, honestly, like I said, like they said before, he's been on a hot streak since he arrived in South Florida, but. I think the biggest reason why they brought him in was because he's a career playoff performer. Through 30 postseason games, he has a total of 19 points. I don't know why he doesn't do this well during the re- during the regular season and his time with Calgary, but the way he plays and just his style of play, I think will bring a whole new level to the Panthers' playoffs. And this is an area where he thrives in. And I think he's going to hit even newer heights now that he's with a legitimate team rather than a – let's barely make the cut type of team in Calgary. For me, for me, the, the, there's a couple of players I'm very excited to see in the playoffs. Um, I'm excited to see because this is now, uh, he, he's back in, uh, he's developed a lot since his first postseason appearance. Uh, and I just want to see if he takes that next step as a superstar because superstars play, play well, they elevate their game in the playoffs. Now he's ready to do that. Um, I do want to see, I'm, I'm excited to see Anthony Duclair in the playoffs because he's never before, but I'm going to give you a, a bit of a different spin on your question here. Um, I, I'm excited to see a lot of these guys in the playoffs, but what I'm most excited to see, and I'm sure Frank can, can add some commentary on this. I'm excited to see which Panthers on the roster step up as playoff heroes. Uh, Frank being a Chicago guy, he's, he's seen Chicago and the Blackhawks win. Uh, multiple cups under Quenville and every year they won a cup there was always a, an unsung hero someone who who came out of who maybe not who maybe wasn't the spotlight player but they show up in big moments and um, I'm excited to see which Panthers are going to be that guy the, the ones who show up uh, when, when you need that that hero in a playoff game well that's a great point Jacob I kind of talk a little bit about something like that in my article tomorrow uh, it's mostly focused on Quenville but um, there's always a turning point in the playoffs where it makes a huge difference in the way your team performs going forward. And, you know, you mentioned Chicago, obviously that's where Quenville's best work has been. And I remember two, 2010, the first run, the only team that really made me nervous was Nashville. And once they won that game in overtime, uh, where Hosa scored the winning goal after serving a five-minute major, I wasn't too concerned about anything, and that was the real turning point. So I'm looking for something in at least the first series against Tampa to be the thing that catapults the, you know, the Panthers the rest of the way. Hey, Armando, so to answer your question, uh, a couple of players I'm looking forward to is, number one, Mackenzie Weger. Um, I actually think he could probably take his game up another notch, especially in the playoffs here, him being the number one D-man on this team. He's been fantastic since Ekblad went down. Um, and the other reason being is that I honestly think he's going to take over the power play unit. Um, and it's something that I think is desperately needed right now because uh, I don't think we have anybody who can run it effectively. Um, so uh, the fact that he uh, he's mobile and he's actually being put in positions um, you know, all over uh, the ice, I think it's going to make him successful. And then the second person I'm definitely looking forward to is Frank Petrano uh, for the same reasons that were just brought up that the Panthers are going to need a hero. And why not Frankie Petrano, who's been our hero in overtime or in the third period, uh, just about every win this season. So um, those are definitely my top two. 
Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index fund personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can be more than the cover of the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first 5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Get your first 5,000 managed for free for life. Go to wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. The NBA and the NHL are in their stretch runs right before the postseason begins. Get all the latest news and odds and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code Locked On. With a seven game series starting on Sunday, no, the time is still yet to be determined. And hey, we got an, another guest into the show. Uh, let's welcome in Spencer to the show. What's up, man? Oh, he's connecting to audio. What's up, Spencer? Hey, you guys, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Well, yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So we're we're now getting to the Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning with game one starting on Sunday. Time to be determined. Game two will be Tuesday. No no updates via the schedule after game two. So of course, Coach Q is going to have to make some decisions with what kind of line combinations to make, defensive pairings, starting goalie. As far as games one and two, what what kind what kind of combinations do you want to see, especially for the bottom six? I want to see the guys that are going to be able to produce the most. We've seen a bunch of guys who've been showcased in top six roles who 
will likely play a bottom six role when it comes to playoff time when everyone's healthy. And I honestly want to see Q go with who can score the most goals and provide you know the best effort against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. I don't see a reason why you should start players who won't be able to give you offensive output. But at the end of the day, he Q likes to find guys to put, especially on the fourth line, who provide a lot of grit to try to shut down Tampa's second and third line. Yeah, to jump on his point with that, I do. I, I think the top six is pretty much set at this point. Mm-hmm. But the bottom six, um, it, 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 he's probably going to focus more a lot on grit. And uh, with a, a lot of players coming up and, you know, performing way better than expected, even Ryan Lomberg, I'm, who I think should at least get some sort of, you know, recognition. Um, I do think he's going to have some sort of bottom six that goes into more of that grit type um, players who are, who can be aggressive, play physical, you know, have hard four checks. Um, I don't see them producing in terms of the goal scoring department, although they, they've surprised me a lot. Um, I think Hornquist is going to be a bottom six player come uh, playoff time. And uh, um just as far as that is pretty much just go physical and then have your top two lines just be, you know, all your goal scoring. Yeah, um, I I would agree with with pretty much everything the two of them just said. I think the top six, we're looking at Barkov, Verhage, Duclair, uh, second line, probably Bennett, Tippett, Huberto. Um, third line, my ideal third line is Wenberg, Hornquist, and Vetrano. That fourth line, though, is where, where things get a little bit interesting, I think. I think you can obviously pencil in Achari. You can probably pencil in Marchment. Um, that that last spot, that left wing spot that Lomberg has had lately, I think that is the spot that's pretty much up for grabs. And I think I would not be surprised if Denisenko or Heponiemi or just a, any number of those guys get a shot at it. Uh, Lomberg's probably the front runner, but um, I, I would not be shocked to see a lot of turnover at that position. Um, on defense, obviously, you have Uyghur, Forsling, uh, Nudovara, Montour, Gudis, and I guess Yandel probably plays. But for me, I just – I really I really don't trust him in a playoff setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd, I'd feel better with Connaughton. I'd feel better with um, pretty much any defenseman we have on the roster other than Keith Yandel in that spot. So, um, yeah, it's just – I guess that's kind of kind of up for grabs too. But um, – yeah, it's a good problem to have with all of the depth that, that the Panthers have right now. Would you feel better with Jakob Kendall? Hell Hard no. no. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, we got to draw the line somewhere. And let's quickly welcome in uh, Tom McLean, the co-host of the Panther Parkway podcast, who we had on the podcast yesterday. Welcome back, Tom. Thanks, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Glad to have you Does here. Anyone- does anyone find it funny how Tom joins as soon as I mentioned Keith Yandel's name? <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. So, Hold on a second, guys. I got to do some uh, finagling here. You know, Jacob, on your point of Keith Yandel, if you look at this entire year, I think there's no chance he gets scratched at any point in the playoffs. Like, it's been up and down uh, for I him think, all I year. I think you're right. It's been up and down for him all year, especially coming in the year. There was huge rumors surrounding him. and. Like, we thought he was going to get scratched game one. The Ironman streak's over, but he played 56 games this year. Still got it going. I don't think there's any chance that Q says, 
we've made it this far. You're not playing tonight on any given night in the playoffs. Plus, imagine right. in the imagine the the PR hit that they would take, and I think you know that's the last time you want to have it is in the playoffs. You know, we they the players have enough to worry about, and you know, whatever the reaction may be with the players, you just don't want the NHL all over the Panthers. And uh, I, I agree, Spencer. I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be sitting. Yeah, and so do you, do you on... guys feel do you guys feel we go seven D? Uh, uh, some nights instead of scratching Keith, you think we roll 7D yeah. in a playoff game? We've I, don't think I wouldn't be surprised. Spencer made a really great point where think about this. You don't scratch them all year. The streak is about like 924, 925. I don't, I don't know the exact number. But and then you're just all of a sudden going to sit him in the playoffs. The P, yeah, correct, Frank. The PR hit is going to be huge on the Panthers. It's like there's the, the the narrative, I mean, is going to be, oh, they, they only played them for the sake of the streak. And that's something that I covered pretty much all year long on, on this show. And let, let's talk about let's talk about the opposition for a little bit. And Jake, Tom and I talked a little bit about this yesterday with Stamkos and Kucherov and the chemistry of them coming back. And. We we had a hard time believing that they're just going to all of a sudden come in and just light it up as soon as they're back in the lineup. Like last year in the Stanley Cup final, though Tampa Bay won, Stamkos only played like one game. I mean, yeah, he got a goal, but can can that be sustainable over a seven-game series when two guys, two main core pieces, just haven't really played much all year? Well, it, So two it, things. Two, two things about that, Armando. Uh, number one, we saw – we played Tyler Sagan uh, about a week ago, and look what he did. Oh, yeah. Uh, his first game back, mm-hmm. scored a goal. Um, and then to the second point, Frank made a great point, um, you know, talking about Quinville and, you know, the 2010 run where there was one moment where it kind of flipped uh, the script for him. And Stamkos coming in injured and scoring that one goal and only playing like maybe six minutes, I think that was their moment that lit that team up and actually uh, carried them to the cup. So I wouldn't take lightly that they're coming in. I still think that we're playing probably the best, if not you know one of the two best teams in the league. Um, I, I I'm not going to sleep on them uh, at all uh, because you know we we beat them in the season. But when it comes to playoff time, it's a different game. And who knows what's going to happen, especially after the last two games that we've played them. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Nick here. Um, You can go ahead, Tom. It's fine. Man, I'm having a hard time getting a point in there edgewise. So, uh, Noah, if if you're you, then then your strategy is this. You put your biggest biggest able bodies and you make it really uncomfortable uncomfortable for those guys you know Stamkos has to have every check finished and same with Cooch because I, I think Cooch's coming off like a hip injury if I remember right and I, I don't know what, what right. the Stamkos mm-hmm. injury is probably lower body list leg so you gotta you gotta hit them and they're not in game shape so you gotta make them you make you gotta make it very uncomfortable and that's how you you don't look over you don't like uh like like who was who, who was talking just last was that Nick yes yes so, sir so yeah you don't look over them you you uh <laughs> You make it really uncomfortable for them, almost on the border of uh, being a little dirty with them. I hate to say that, but get a little dirty in there. Get a little nasty. It's hockey. Yeah, to also touch on Nick's point, um, as I said before, these players you just don't take lightly. Yes, we beat them in the season series. Yes, we've beaten them in the past, but 
Tampa has always been known for just flipping a switch. And just remember, this team just won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. You don't take anyone like that lightly. I'm so, even in playoffs, I don't even care for playing Detroit in the postseason. You never take a team that makes a playoff run lightly. Because you, when you do, that's how you lose. And I think that's why Florida lost in 2015-16. They took a bad New York Island. Well, I wouldn't say bad. Let me rephrase that. A New York Islanders team that finished worse than Florida and they end up getting spanked. Granted, the refs did help out a lot with that, but that's besides the point. We, we, we were playing with a goalie that had one bad hit. Really. That's, that, that has nothing to do with taking a team lightly. Longo actually came out later in, you know, after the, uh, the, the playoffs were over. So, you know, he had to go get hip surgery or some kind of crap. So he was unable and probably shouldn't have been playing. But we did not have the situation that we have now where we had a, a quality backup goalie back in those days, if I remember right. Was Reimer here First during those all, days, maybe? What, it was Al Montoya. Al Montoya. Al Montoya. He's not that great. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry <laughs> to argue with you, Joy, though. but yeah, that had nothing to do with taking No, I, 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 I totally see where you're going with it. I didn't mean to discredit the Islanders right there. And then I'm just – what I'm trying to prove – what I'm just ultimately trying to say is you should not go into the playoffs and undermine anyone regardless of where they finished. And thank you once again to the guys from pantherparkway.com for participating in part one of this roundtable series for the Florida Panthers as they wrap up their regular season and head towards game one against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So this was part one. Part two will be coming out later this week. Not sure what date specifically yet. It might be back-to-back days. It might be later this week, but for sure... It will be out before game one between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Odyssey. Make sure to also listen to Locked On NHL anywhere you listen to podcasts and their Twitter page at Locked On NHL Pods. And don't forget the Crosscheck NHL Show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. And last but not least, the Locked On Today podcast when and where will the Oakland A's move? That's the cue of the day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the new Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.